This is Quotations, a podcast about words, written and spoken throughout history. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, we shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender. No matter where you're from, your dreams are valid. The Pale Blue Dot, the only home we've ever known. Hello and welcome to Quotations. I'm Matthew Monroe. Here's today's quote. Quote, back in those days, the first question you'd almost always ask someone is, what are you reading? End quote. And I don't expect that a lot of you will be familiar with this individual, but some of you certainly will, and that's General Al Gray, former commandant of the Marine Corps. Al Gray was born on June 22nd, 1928, and is still alive today. He is 93 years old, and he was born in Rahway, New Jersey. He enlisted into the Marine Corps in 1950, achieved the rank of sergeant, and then commissioned as a second lieutenant in 1952. And of course, he fought in Vietnam. And as I mentioned before, he became the 29th Commandant of the Marine Corps, which, for those of you who are not aware, is the senior most Marine in the Marine Corps, who is responsible for manning, training, and equipping the Marine Corps. So making sure we have enough people, making sure those people are well-trained, and making sure that those Marines are also equipped to carry out the various tasks that the Marine Corps is expected to execute. And he was an interesting character, is an interesting character. He put a heavy emphasis on maneuver warfare, and I won't go into that in detail, but you can can look it up. Suffice it to say that there was a transition period from the way that we fought in Vietnam to the way that we fight today. And a lot of that has to do with General Gray and his emphasis on maneuver warfare. He also put a special emphasis on Marine special operations capabilities, so basically expanding the Marine Corps' skill set to include more specialized missions. So think of trap missions, tactical recovery of aircraft and personnel. So an airplane crashes somewhere, Marines are often sent in to go and rescue the pilot, rescue the equipment, etc., or recover the equipment. That's a special operations type mission as is a, what we call a NEO, or a non-combatant evacuation operation. Think of evacuating an embassy in a a hostile country. Marines are trained to do that. And a lot of this, again, originated with General Gray. Perhaps his most significant impact was on education, just across the board, leadership education. General Gray recognized that leadership is a developable skill. It is something that can be taught. It is something that can be learned. And it is to the benefit of the organization for people to do that for people to learn. And to that end, he founded the Marine Corps University, which is still in existence today. It's in Quantico, Virginia, and has a variety of schools that fall underneath it. And it is specifically purpose-built for Marines to attend and develop their leadership skills. And many of you are probably aware that you are eligible to retire from the military at 20 years, after 20 years of service. And it's an interesting thought when you consider that the schools are upwards of six months to a year of time, that the Marine Corps would invest six months to a year, so 120th to 140th of your time in service in a school setting. And not just once, but many times. You could go to, as part of the Marine Corps University, you could go to school if you're an officer as a captain, also as a major, and then also as a lieutenant colonel. So that's potentially up to almost three years of a 20-year career. All of those ranks you can achieve in 20 years 
up to three years of a 20-year career. So now we're talking about not just, we're talking about 15% of a career at this point that you could potentially spend in school. And you might argue, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, wouldn't we want to maximize the amount of time that a person is actually serving, actually doing their job? Instead, we're going to pull them out and put them into an educational environment, very much a classroom-type environment, and develop their leadership in that way? Does that make sense? To General Gray, it did. And it still does to this day. Clearly, something resonates because here we are, you know, some 50-ish years later, still with the Marine Corps University robust as ever and staffed with some of the smartest and finest professors in in the industry, um, educating warfighters. It's a fascinating idea. And this was something that General Gray really put an emphasis on. Additionally, after he took over as the 29th Commandant in 1987, he released the first iteration of what we call now the Commandant's Reading List. And this is a list of books, and it is available open source online for anybody who cares to, to read from it. A list of books that the Commandant recommends, and it's updated every every Commandant puts their, puts their adjustments and tweaks and adds and takes away books that are particularly poignant or, or not so much anymore. The first iteration of this was released in 1988 under General Gray. Why? Well, General Gray was a big reader. He self-confessed. He is quoted as saying, you know, back when he spent a lot of time on ship as a Marine, he would always bring a footlocker full of books. So picture a trunk is probably what most people are familiar with, but a footlocker full of books. And he would read books about the areas that the ship traveled. And that's a neat way to explore the world, right? Imagine, you know, you're going to be pulling into port in Greece, let's say. And as you're entering the Mediterranean, you're reading a book about Thermopylae or about Sparta or about Athens or something like that. Just as the ship ties up, you finish that book. And now you have a whole different perspective on where you're at. Same thing in the Pacific. Imagine being on a ship, being out on float, as they say, and reading a book. And the next place that you're about to tie up is Okinawa. And you can read about the Battle of Okinawa and the things that happened there and what a different perspective that gives you on the area. So again, I'm going to read the quote one more time. And imagine, right, this is General Gray speaking about reading specifically and about why he views that as, as so important. So General Gray says, quote, Back in those days, the first question you'd almost always ask someone is, what are you reading? And of course, if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me say this before. And I knew in the back of my mind that those were not my original words. Those were not my original thoughts. And I, I couldn't quite put my finger on where they came from because they're great words. It's a great thought, right? I've talked about this before. What a great way to have a conversation with somebody is rather than lean in with, what do you do? Or nice weather we're having. What are you reading? Right? They're great words in that way. And so I've co-opted them as my own. And I'm sure General Gray would give me a pass. Um, but I felt it right to give credit where credit is due, hence, hence this episode. So this, in a way, is me kind of flattering the general, who doesn't need my flattery, flattery certainly, but it's recognizing that his words are that significant and that important that I've co-opted them as my own, and it's something that I intend to carry forward. I mean, he's 93 years old, hope he's with us for a good long time, but realistically, he probably won't be, and at some point, somebody young who remembers and thinks those words were significant enough will carry that torch for him. And if that's something that I can do, these words, I think, are worthy of that. And I was reminded that these were General Gray's words as I was flipping through my quote book in preparation for the previous episode. I talked about 
looking for song lyrics and things like that. And as I was flipping through, I came across this quote, and it's a, it's a short one, so I think I had overlooked it previously. But it reminded me that, oh yeah, that's where I got that from. It was from General Gray. General Gray is the one who originally said those words of, what are you reading? And clearly, as I mentioned before, by putting together the Commandant's reading list and carrying a footlocker full of books on board a ship where space is at a premium, you can clearly tell that the man is and was extremely interested in reading. And why not, right? I mean, great conversations can and are had around books. In fact, just recently, I was enjoying a, a social poker game with some work colleagues, and the conversation evolved to talk about books. And we were talking about our favorite books and giving each other recommendations, and the conversation probably lasted for an hour, just talking about things that we had read, and, oh, that book reminds me of this book, and, oh, you should read this book, and, oh, if you like books like that, I've got this one. And that's how I've come across some of the finest reads that I've that I've ever partaken in as a reader. And not only that, not only does it generate good conversation, it forces us to think. I mean, it, a lot of this podcast wouldn't exist if I didn't read, because a lot of the things that I present to you here to listen to are from things that I've read. So if you appreciate this podcast, and I hope that you do, appreciate the fact that a lot of reading has taken place to get there. And I know some people out there are listening and saying, I'm not really a reader right? That's, and that's fine. Some people don't like to read very much, but the, the reasons not to imbibe books, even if you don't like to read, are lower now or fewer now than they have ever been in history. Why? The short answer is easy. Audiobooks, right? You don't have to read a single word to listen to some of the greatest pieces of work. And I think I've said this before as well, but audiobooks are great because they also allow you to partake in a book that you would never actually sit down and read, right? And I know that sounds strange, but imagine, right? You might never pick up a specific book because it's a lot to digest. It's a lot to pick up a book by, I don't know, say Stephen King or uh, Infinite Jest by David Foster Wallace. And you pick that book up and it's just this monolith. It's this huge thing. And you go, there's no way I'm going to sit down and read 900, 1200, 1400 pages or Dracula, um, or something like that, where it's it's hundreds of pages, and you'd never actually sit down and actually turn the pages. You wouldn't invest that much time. And let's be honest, I wouldn't either. When, I shouldn't say I wouldn't. I should say that that's a, that's a tall ask. But if I can put it on my phone, and I can listen to an audiobook, oh, and by the way, you can listen to these things at higher rates of speed, so you can burn through more in a shorter amount of time without without significantly impacting your retention. You might listen to things that you wouldn't otherwise pick up and read because you wouldn't turn the pages yourself, but you'll certainly sit and listen to somebody read the book to you. That's great. And I think there's also something magical about, you know, books. I've talked about this a little bit in the past where there's a significant amount of time and effort that goes into making a book. I mean, think about it. It's years of effort and research and, and organization and sweat and toil. I mean, writer's block is a real thing. And it, it, it can be very hard to overcome. So there's a, I, there's a certain amount of appreciation that I give to anybody who spends the time to write a book. Now, I haven't, and I may in the future at some point attempt to do this, but for those that have, it's a significant undertaking. So we'll keep today's episode short, but the, the question I have for you, and I'm sure it's one that General Gray would ask himself, is what are you reading? What do you have? Do you have a stack of books next to your bedside table? Do you have a Kindle that could contain thousands of books? that you carry around with you, or some other e-reader? Do you have an app on your phone that you can read books through? 
And do you have a reading list? Right. So if you're reading a book, great. That's that's a that's a a start. But what is on your list? Right. Do you do you have a list? Is it on paper somewhere? Is it on your phone in a note taking app? Do you have a, a a list on Amazon? You can make lists on Amazon of of just about anything. I regularly dump books into a list that I have on Amazon, and when I find myself short of something to read or my bookshelf is dwindling, I go on there and I look. And I get that book. Some and I, I I I like books in all formats. I like I like the actual hard copy books. I like books on my Kindle. I also like audiobooks. And different books go into different categories for that. And there are benefits and drawbacks to each that you can you can think through yourself. You can also use apps like Goodread or excuse me Goodreads, which is a website that you can go in and you can not only add to your book list but add to the books that you've read. It'll keep a running list of them and you can rate them. And that's that's a neat. That's a neat thing to be able to do as well and pull out quotes and things like that. And if you read and you have a reading list, I would ask, what is your reading list for? Is it purpose-built? Is it for professional development? Is it for personal improvement? Is it for fun? And all of those are, none of those are superior to the others. They're all good reasons to have those lists. Maybe you have lists for each of those things. I don't know. I, I sort of do. I don't know that they're broken out quite as granularly as that, but I can look at the title of a book and go, okay, this is a self-improvement book. This is a book for fun. And I think it's important to have both. I don't think everything has to be just pure self-improvement or professional development types of reading. I think it's fun at times to break away and, and read something because there's outstanding writers out there. And for example, you'd be hard-pressed to argue that the Harry Potter series was a professional development book, I think, but it's great reading. It's enjoyable reading, and there's value in that too. If you don't enjoy it, you're not going to want to do it. So if you don't enjoy the professional development reading that you have to do from time to time, mix it in with some fun books. And if you're looking for one to add to your list that I think is worthwhile and relatively easy to digest, there is actually a book called Grayisms. And it's available in a PDF online. I'll put the link in the show notes on the website. But it's a PDF. You can download it and send it to your Kindle or read it at work piece by piece. It's it's short. The pages are, I think the actual physical book that I have of Grayisms is a very, very small thing. It's almost like a pocket book. Um, it's that small. But you can read the PDF so you can, you can tell based on something being that small, there's not a lot of content on each individual page. So I think it's about 100 pages, but they're very, very easy. Some of the pages have just dozens of words and that's it. So you can very easily add that to your list, and you'll find some interesting anecdotes in there, and it'll give you some insight into General Gray as a leader, as a Marine, and as a person. So again, what are you reading? Do you have a reading list? And what is that reading list for? Take those three questions today, think on them, and we'll see you in next week's episode. Until next time, I'm Matthew Monroe. This is Quotations, and thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app or visit me at quotationspod.com to download and listen. Please also take a moment to recommend the podcast to a friend. That's a huge help. You can tweet at me at quotationspod. Send me an email to quotationspod at gmail.com. Find me on Instagram at quotationspod or join the conversation on Facebook at quotationspod. I look forward to hearing from you. Welcome your feedback. And thanks as always for listening.